like you step into each day with a brave yes. Welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Zapchank, and joining me today is speaker, author, and creative coach, Connie Jacob. Connie shares about her journey of discovering bravery through breakdancing and overcoming insecurities. She emphasizes the importance of creating environments where people feel like they belong and they can be brave. I just figure while I'm out there creating, there's so many problems in the world, but my favorite quote is perhaps life isn't a problem to be solved, but beauty to create. And here we are with beauty to create, co-create with the father. How can we come alongside and help these women see, hey, I have a solution for something out there. Here's my conversation with Connie Jacob. So excited to introduce you to one of my new friends, Connie Jacob, all the way from Calgary, Canada. Connie, we met uh, this past year through Women Speakers Collective because of an initiative we put out where just building these intentional community spaces. So I've gotten to know you a little bit, but I'm truly excited to share and just learn a little bit more with you today. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. What are you all about? What are you passionate about? Oh, well, thanks for having me, Danielle. And sure. you're always such a joy every time I see you. You know, honestly, I love to create bravery in people and call people to dream for more. And if you want to know a little side note, I also love to break dance. (laughs) I love that about you. I would be curious, how did breakdancing like come into you? Was that something you grew up dancing as a child? Or is this like, you know what, I need to just step out and do this in my, my lady life, you know? Actually, I had just graduated from Bible college, and I didn't know a single non-Christian. And I thought, I need to get out. I need to see other people. And I also needed to get some exercise. So I went to a hip-hop class, and I loved it. It was so fun. Actually, a really neat story is I was quite bullied as a a little Mm -hmm. girl. I was a bigger girl. They called me Connie Chunk. That was my nickname. And here I am in this hip hop class. I'm the heaviest I've ever been because I was in Bible college and I had just come back from Germany where it was bread and cheese every day. And I remember us forming this circle. So in hip hop, that's called a cypher. And Mm -hmm. everyone was going to go into the middle to dance. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, that's the last place I want to be. I don't want to be seen. I just want to stay in the back of the class. But I went in the middle. I did a really lame move. And when I came out, the gal next to me said, wow, you are so courageous. And I remember thinking to myself, you see courage in me. You don't see the big girl right now. And I'll tell you, that moment really impacted my life. And that got me back to class. I ended up teaching hip hop to, you know, a lot of the youth at risk I was working with at at that time. And it became a real part of my ministry. Wow. I love how something where we think, oh, we're just going to go into this situation because I, I want to get some exercise. I just want to meet new people. But truly, like it changes who we are on the inside. We learn so much internally and how God uses that. And so one, it was courageous for you just to even step in to be like, you know what? I'm going to learn hip hop today. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that. So you live in Calgary. I've never been there. If I joined you today for lunch or 
We were going to go rock around Calgary. What would we go do? Oh, well, I would have to take you to the Rocky Mountains. Oh, wow. Now, have you always lived in Canada? You said you were in Germany. How long were you in Germany for? Oh, just two months. It was, you know, kind of like we graduated from college. Let's go, you know, over there. Let's tour around. But let's also do some missions. And so that was fun. But I've also lived in Vancouver, which is actually my favorite city in the world because it's got ocean, it's got mountains, it's got countryside. It is truly remarkable there. So if anyone wants to go on a trip to Canada with me, the slots are open now. Connie, one thing I appreciate about you, and you kind of said this, alluded to this in the beginning, is that, you know, you encourage dreaming. And I and I feel like that even from that hip hop story that comes out of that. Why do you think for many of us, it is hard to dream or even go there? Well, I know for me, it's been kind of like, who me? You, what? When, when they're talking in church or I'm hearing a message about doing things that, that you dream of, I always was thinking that was for someone else. Maybe the one that was smarter than me, the one that was prettier than me, the one who was more eloquent than me. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with quite a limited ceiling over my head. And like I said, that moment really did change my life. And as I started to get a little brave, little bit by little bit, so we're not talking like big steps, we're talking baby steps, I started to get more and more brave to dream. And now, I mean, I think I've owned three companies and two nonprofits, produced theater, traveled the world. Like, and now I see the world through, oh my goodness, if we could just imagine what do we want to create? I really see the possibilities and now love passing that on to women who felt like me. Like, who me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said the words breaking through like these limited ceilings. Do you think it's because like that has been part of our past that's just been ingrained? into us? How hard is that to break through? Well, I think that the experiences of our life and the people and the words, if I could nail three things, you know, experiences, people and words, they they form our thinking and they form our perceptions of ourselves and the way we see the world. And the way that I was brought up was very much like, you're not really that smart. And that didn't come from my parents. That came from teachers and expectations. Mm. I wasn't very very smart academically. I was a bigger girl. I was always a friendly girl, but I wasn't like, it's like, don't let her be seen. Don't let her shine. Just stay underground. Don't grow past what we're comfortable with. And that was the message, the undertones for years that dictated who I thought I could be. And it's hard to escape that. We have a 13-year-old daughter. And so she was just telling me about a friend the other day. And her parents said something. And again, this is from one 13-year-old girl to another and then to her mom. (laughs) And so who knows if this was accurate. But the heart moment for me is that the girl felt like she wasn't good enough, that she wasn't living up to her her sister. And I just, I felt so strongly for her in that moment. And, and I told her daughter, like, we have the opportunity to speak life into people. We don't even recognize. Sometimes we're saying these certain words that are just taking them down and, and becoming a core of who we are. And I had to just go and talk to, we have a younger son, and I had to go talk to him. And I'm like, I want you to know <laughs> that 
no matter what you do, like I don't expect you to be your older sister and I don't expect you to be the same and I just want you to be you. And I think, you know, that really takes some some level of bravery in all of us, kind of what you were talking about earlier. So tell me a little bit of like just leading into bravery for you. What does that look like even though you've had these people, these thoughts in the back of your mind from a long time ago? I think for me, bravery has been definitely baby steps. Um, I call it chiseling. When I wrote my first book, it was actually a blog. And even the bravery to write a blog, isn't that funny? I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but who am I to write a blog? Yeah, It, it almost sounds funny. But the those limiting beliefs of who do you think you are? You're not a writer. There's so many blogs out there. Who needs yours? Like all those thoughts. And I just started writing the blog and, and I wouldn't say it picked up at all. I just wanted to write a book. I always wanted to write one. And I thought, hey, I have all these blogs. Why don't I just put them together, stream them together and form a book? And I remember telling one of my mentors at the time, I want to write a book. And he said to me, what do you want to be famous? Why do you want to do that? Mm. And it really crushed my soul because I wasn't doing it to be famous. I wasn't doing it to make a name for myself. I was doing it because it was a goal. I thought, wouldn't that be cool if I could write a book? And so this bravery for me has been about, do I dare show up today and write one blog or one sentence? Or do I dare you know, take a, a statement like that from a mentor who I look up to and just say, actually, no, I, I want to do this mm. and almost feel like I'm standing in a brave wilderness on my own. There's no support. There's no applause. There's no, you go girl. There's just, I just want to do it. And that, that feels brave because it, it doesn't feel natural to, to do things without feeling like, well, of course I could do this. Of course Mm -hmm. I could write a book, but those feelings aren't often there. And I'm finding that more and more, the more I expand and dream a little bit bigger, that feeling of, of course I could do this is never there. That resonates so much with me, Connie. I think the same thing just about anything sometimes, whatever I'm doing, whatever initiative, whatever, just even like stuff in our house. Just why are you doing this? Are you trying to be famous? No, no, I'm not. And I think that's important for what you just said, just showing up and showing up truly just for yourself because you want to either prove or you want to get better. You want to learn. You want to grow. That is the part of bravery and stepping into that space. So thank you for that encouragement. Well, Connie, this is a podcast where we get to hear stories. And I I know you've already kind of shared a couple, but what would be your parable story that you feel led to share with us today? Well, I have always identified with the parable of the lost sheep. A lot of my work has been in schools and working with, you know, kids that are just falling through the cracks. You know, those kids who are lurking in the corner and they look so prickly or they look so desolate. And I think about Jesus going and leaving the 99 to find that one. Mm-hmm. And throughout many, many years and, and actually teaching hip hop in schools and forming that same circle and doing an exercise that I developed over 20 years of what creates bravery mm-hmm. in people. And it was a social experiment. Uh, I would teach them some dance and then I would get them in a circle and I'd look at 
the person on my right and I'd say, now everyone's going to get a chance to go into the middle to dance. I didn't say they had to. I just said, you're going to have a chance. Mm -hmm. And what I would ask them to do is just deeply notice what creates bravery and what takes it away. And it was interesting that the kids that would go in the middle of the circle were the ones who would lurk in the shadows of the school, the ones that were ostracized, the ones that were socially anxious. Those were the kids that were going into the middle. There was this one kid named John once. He was quite bullied. He, he never really engaged in anything. And he had said to me, please don't make me go in the middle of that circle. And of course, I said, John, nobody ever has has to go in the middle. You're free to choose. And that day, he chose to go in the middle of that circle. Mm -hmm. And when I asked him after, John, like you said, you didn't want to go in. What got you there? He said, I don't know. I just felt so free. Mm -hmm. And it was the atmosphere, the environment that we created over 20 years. This was where I was bringing these students to. When we lean in and when there isn't judgment and there's freedom to risk and to try and not be amazing and everyone's still there supporting you, clapping, mm -hmm. that there's going to be bravery there. And I saw kids with, with paralyzing anxiety go into the middle of these circles. And so it proved to me again and again that if we create atmospheres and environments where that one is welcome, mm -hmm. we're always amazed at how they might show up, how they might actually become brave right in front of our very eyes, which is interesting because I feel like that's a real reflection of what happened to me. Connie, what would you say as you were learning this and cultivating this over 20 years, what do you feel like God was really teaching you throughout that experience? Oh, there's a couple of things and it just moves my soul. First of all, he talks to me a lot about how he doesn't send people away. Mm -hmm. He brings them closer. Anyone who's hurting, it's like, bring them in, make that circle tighter and make that circle so that everyone feels like they belong. Because that's what Jesus does that searching after that one, that one lost sheep. He's saying you matter, your life matters. And this relentless pursuit of the father to find people who are lurking in their corner, shaking back and forth, wondering, do I even count in this world? Mm -hmm. And for him to say, yes, you do. And we have a place in the circle for you. And we're going to make sure that, that you leave here braver than you thought you were. That's so good. When you were talking about belonging and that you matter, when do you think like you first kind of felt that sense of belonging or mattering? And, and that could have been from your childhood. Maybe it wasn't even till adulthood, or maybe it's just like that core memory of like, gosh, I know that I matter in this space. I think over the course of many years, like that moment in that circle, mm -hmm. wow, you are so courageous. I mean, that yeah. really shifted something for me. But I will say it was actually one morning I was doing my quiet time and all of a sudden I just like the Lord just made it so real to me in my heart. You belong, Connie. I actually got a little tattoo. This little heart actually faces outwards. No one has to create that for me. Mm -hmm. I can show up to any room. And I love Erwin McManus. He, he makes a statement. You belong in the room. Mm -hmm. and, it, and you belong in the room because, because you belong. It went from my head to my heart. Mm -hmm. No one creates this for me. God's put this in me. This is mm -hmm. there. No one can steal it. And now I can extend my hand even to an enemy, even to someone who has put me down, even my mentor who said, who, who do you think you are? I could extend my hand and say, 
actually, you don't create this for me. I create this for me in my secret place with the Lord who gives Mm -hmm. me the courage to know that I belong. And I can't explain it. It just became very real. I love that. Connie, when would you say that Jesus became more than just a name to you? Did you grow up in the church? I mean, even for those of us that have grown up in the church, like there is a moment where you're just like, actually, like this is truly when I understood what Jesus was in my life. Uh, I did grow up in the church, Mm -hmm. uh, but it really became my faith. Jesus became someone I would relentlessly follow in grade 11. And it was because my youth pastors really took an interest in me. Mm -hmm. So again, I always come back to... Yeah, Jesus can find people in their corner on their own, but it it took my youth pastor and his wife to really take interest in me and and bring me close for me to go, oh, I think I'm understanding the love of the Father. Their welcoming of me allowed me to be open to the welcome of the Father. For those of us, you know, just as we go throughout our days, sometimes we just get so caught up in doing our to-do list or whatever we have to do that we don't look for the lost one in the corner. We don't see the people that are all around us. And sometimes that's even in our home. What would be some of your top three things of how we can maybe see what God sees around us or just be more aware of those individuals in our life? Well, I think number one is, is allow God to see you. I think that time that I take to make sure that am I being known? Like we know God, but are we known by God? Mm. And that allows me to connect with his heart. I'm the same. I I certainly every day, it's like the list of things to do. And I might even just look past my own kids, but to pause and to be thinking about how can I actually slow down my day? I have, I have a rule in my own life. I do three things a day. And if there's time for more, great. But after that, uh, I get to evaluate. Mm -hmm. And I I like this slow pace because it allows me to have interruptible moments. Mm -hmm. It allows me to be able to look at people. And that's one thing that we're noticing in schools. Kids aren't connecting with one another anymore. And so that's really, really important right now, I believe, in our society. And then number three is I do practice this art of I see you. I'll look at people walking down the street and I'll just be like, I wonder, like, what's the gold inside that person? Or when I'm chatting with you, I'm thinking, there's the gold I see in Danielle. Well, just on a practical level, when you say you only do three things a day, like, does that mean just for work related, just for home or just all? I'm very curious because I'm like, my list is very long, like an uncomfortably long list. <laughs> so I'd love to know more about that for you, Connie. For sure. It is for work. Right. I'm an entrepreneur, which means I own a job, <laughs> means that I can always work and never stop. So it is for work because I find that the list does go so long and it then it makes me think, what is truly urgent for today? Now, that is outside of emails because emails are their own little beast, but planning, projecting, all of those things, three things a day. And then when I'm done, if I want to add more, I can, but it allows me to work through delight Mm. rather than through urgency. I need to learn that. Okay. Okay, so you coach also women who are trying to be creative. Like one of your things is a catalyst for creative kingdom expression, which I think that is such an amazing statement. What have you learned and seen through coaching that you've been able to impart on these women? So again, a lot of women are wondering who me 
Mm-hmm. But when they get past that and they think, oh, my goodness, I want to write a book. I want to start a podcast. I want to speak and encourage women. I mm-hmm. want to start my own nonprofit or my own business. What I've done is I've created nine steps to launch. And mm-hmm. it's basically how did I launch a book? How did I launch a podcast? How did I launch a business? And I just walk them through. Here are nine easy steps. And I've noticed that with a framework, they do really well because a lot of the question is how? How do I do this? And I do it through community. So what I also learned was that I could one-on-one coach, which was great, but we would get into the weeds. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a group, it's like, let's go through this together. Let's walk through these nine steps together. And they would encourage one another, which Mm -hmm. kind of goes with my whole message of belonging. And they would spur one another on. And so it's been really beautiful. I just figure while I'm out there creating, there's so many problems in the world. But my favorite quote is, perhaps life isn't a problem to be solved. Mm. but beauty to create. And here we are with beauty to create and co-create with the father. How can we come alongside and help these women see, hey, I have a solution for something out there. Mm. Has there been one moment that has stood out to you where you kind of like, oh, like this is working? Because, you know, just going into a new, as you've done so many things already, but going into coaching, you're like, wow, like I'm actually being able to use the uniqueness of Connie to help people unlock these things inside of them. Yeah, it's been really beautiful to to see, first of all, who I attract, which it's mm-hmm. usually that woman who's just come out of the corner and she's mm-hmm. freaked out of her mind. She's deciding to say a brave yes. I'm like, I've got you. And I, and I connect with them because mm-hmm. that's my story. It's been really neat to see one of the gals. Uh, actually, she's become a really great friend. She's creating a whole animation series for preschoolers around emotional well-being Mm. and just to see her come and do that there's another one that's doing tv and film and she's creating a script and she's going to be brave and she's going to submit it to tv and (laughs) and then there's another one who just wanted to host a retreat where where women could come and just be and the barriers that she faced with that and how she overcame that she posted a retreat Mm. and there's another one that's helping caregivers who's gone through brain injury like this is such a part of of joy for me to see women released in what they just feel in their hearts to do. As we are wrapping up, I'd love for you to dream for yourself. Like, what would that be for Connie as we're moving into 2024 and maybe even beyond that? Because sometimes I know when we encourage others to dream, like for us, maybe you're like, well, I'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> so what are some of the dreams that are on your heart right now? Oh, such an interesting question because it's like, oh my goodness, now I'm on the hot seat. Well, I do have some pretty big dreams. I recently had resigned from a full-time job that I had that I loved Mm -hmm. to join my husband in uh, our renovation business. Oh, wow. We love to take small homes and renovate them. And again, my whole work around creating an environment where people can be brave and to thrive and belong. We would love to not just have this renovation company, but to turn it into restoring home, Mm. restore people's homes. So not only renovating their physical space, but also their mental, emotional and relational spaces as Mm. well in their homes. And honestly, I would love for it to be a TV show, which seems so big and so far off and almost embarrassing to mention, but that is so deep in my heart. I would be thrilled if that ever did happen. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing that. Who knows? Chip, Joanna, just call. Just yeah, call Chip, Tony. Chip, Joanna, we're here. Magnolia, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> when you say restoring home, like what does that mean to you? Because yeah, there's the exterior, but there is some internalness to that. So what does that mean for you? Well, it's so interesting how I've worked in schools around mental health and resilience and doing these circles. But our home went through a crisis. Our oldest son struggled and really went through quite a low in his life. And my marriage also almost didn't make it. I've written um, two books. Two of my books are called Bring Them Closer. And it's all about how we brought our son closer through struggle. And then we wrote a version of it for teachers because they were struggling with how do they bring students closer. And now my husband and I are writing, bring them closer for couples because our marriage mm-hmm. almost really honestly didn't make it. And uh, we're about to celebrate 25 years of marriage. And it's honestly a miracle. And so we want to take the brokenness that we've experienced and how God just turns ash to beauty mm-hmm. and come alongside families that are struggling and just give them the tools that we have and be able to encourage their hearts, make their homes you know, feel beautiful, but also their relationships. Connie, that is such an exciting opportunity of just wherever that goes. And just to think like you've already accomplished that within your own family, but just to let people know that they are seen. I love that so much. If people wanted to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, I'm on all socials. LinkedIn, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, Connie Jacob, or my website, ConnieJacob.com. Well, all of Connie's information will be available in today's show notes. But Connie, thank you so much for just encouraging us to dream and taking those brave yeses in our life. I appreciate you being here. Danielle, you are someone who lives that every day. So much to Connie and helping us discover how creating bravery allows us to take these next steps in our life. To connect with Connie, simply visit DanielleZapchank.com for details. And here are two reflection questions from our time with Connie. Number one, how can you dream big and pursue your passions going forward? Number two, how can you begin to take a small step to create environments where people feel like they belong and can be brave? One easy way you can support the Parable Podcast is simply by sharing this episode with a friend. If you could pass that along today, that really helps people find out about these amazing parable stories. And thank you to my technical producer of a husband, Eric, for his mad editing skills. That's going to do it for today. I'm grateful that you took the time to spend it with me. Remember, your parable showcases how God always sees you. We'll see you back again next week on the Parable Podcast. Parable Podcast.